You're now listening to the Co-op Podcast on thecoalition.com. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to a brand new episode of the Co-op Podcast. I'm your host, Richard Bellier Jr., and today I'm joined by Mr. Gary A. Swaby. How's it going, Gary? It's going very good, thanks. How are you doing, Rich? Uh, doing pretty good. Uh, just a very uh, busy, hectic week. But uh, I would say, all things considered, everything is going, going pretty good. Um, so... Today's show is going to basically just be me, me and Gary. Uh, as we've been saying every week, you know, a lot of people have a lot of busy schedules. They have a, quite a bit of things going on. We are in the busy season of releases, so definitely look for more content on the website uh, as well over the next couple of weeks because we're working on a lot of things, some stuff we can't really talk about, but stay tuned for all of that. Um, so before we get into... Today's news, you know, there wasn't really too much news this week. Obviously, the Nintendo Direct happened yesterday. I did get a chance to watch that, so we will talk about that later on. But uh, before we get into the news, I'm going to first and foremost let you all know what we have been playing and what we have been up to. Because I've actually been doing a couple of different things, uh, not just related to video games, which I'll get into. But Gary, I'm going to go to you first. Let us know what you've been playing and what you've been up to. Yeah, it's been a quite a busy week, so I only managed to play the usual Overwatch, and also I played some uh, Senran Kagura, which is you know like a fun little fighting game thing. I've been playing like a beat 'em up thing, um, and they, there's actually a review of the new game that's on uh, the Nintendo Switch, I believe. Uh, I, I forgot the name of it. It's it's another Senran Kagura game, but if you go to the website right now. Uh, the, the that game the review for that game is out. Uh, let me get the name because I don't want to. You know, Senran Kagura Reflections. Um, so yeah, go check that out. Um, the, like this series is actually like it's it's heavily fan service focused. So like you know it's got it's got all your typical anime tropes as far as female characters go. You know like uh, schoolgirl outfits and you know. Uh, big breasts and you know all that all that sort of stuff like it's a fan service game so if you'd like that sort of anime you know then uh you know these games are suited to you but the reason i play it is like it's generally a fun game to play like the the uh the estable versus versus uh game um it's a fun game to play like you know it's a it's a button mash beat em up kind of thing but like there's so much content to unlock and um, there's like so many different challenges and things like that. So like it's generally fun. Like even though like if you can look past the crazy, you know, uh, boob physics and female character models and all that stuff, it really is a fun game. So uh, I just want to say that because people probably think like I'm, I'm some dirty old man because I'm playing that game. But yeah, it's it's fun. You should try it. 
but um yeah just those two games really um i wanted to play some more dragon quest but i guess i'm gonna do that this weekend you know since i'll have more time to play stuff so that's pretty much it sounds good uh so as for me uh i did get a chance to play one game that uh actually has been well actually two games first and foremost i did get a chance to play shadow of the tomb raider uh the review is currently on the website right now i gave it a 85 out of 100 so my personal thoughts on the game i mean i did play incomplete both the first and second game uh and obviously i really enjoyed uh rise of the tomb raider i felt like that game it just it's a lot of action in it all types of stuff shadow of the tomb raider you know this is a game where there is a little bit of con- combat in there you know obviously they changed up a few things but they made it more about the exploration a lot of underwater swimming which i i think is awesome i think that was i'm glad that they added that to the game um but as you can you know play through the actual campaign it just feels as though there's a lot about this game that, you know, for a finale, because, again, this is the final game in the origin story of Laura. I, I just wasn't satisfied with how they handled that. The story, I wasn't a fan of how they handled that either, because of certain stuff that happens in the story, you know, certain things that you want to do. Like when you finally get to the boss battle at the end, you face off against the guy. It, it, ver- it ends very abruptly after that. Um, and, you know, that's fine for some people, you know, but I just felt like, a lot of aspects of the game were rushed. The storytelling, as well as the fact that when you have interactions with different characters, because just like in uh, Rise of the Tomb Raider, they do have instances where you can have side missions and then you interact with other characters to do certain things. A lot of the character models used for those for that particular aspect of the game is some of the same models. It looked way too similar. So there's certain aspects about it that does feel rushed. Um, but, but I just want to emphasize, you know, 85 out of 100 is not a bad score. You know, I know some people would look at that score and they and I, I have gotten a few individuals that we know that had tried to come from my neck because I gave it an 85 out of 100 thinking that I was influenced by others. When in actuality, this is my own opinion. I played the game before a ton of other people played the game. So obviously I'm going to have my own thoughts and opinions as to what I think of the game. But I still think the game is good. Do I think it is, you know, one of the best in the series? Absolutely not. As I said, Rise of the Tomb Raider, to me, just a much more fun experience. And I felt that the story was more personal because it does deal with uh, Laura's parents. Now, in this game, yes, they do talk about the father. They do mention the mother. You actually get to get an idea of what happened to the father. They get some explanation on that. But I just felt like, a lot of aspects of it were, were, were just rushed together. And there's one mission in particular in this game where you play as Laura as a kid, which instantly reminded me of the Uncharted games. Where we play as Nathan Drake as a kid. And that right there, I did, did not like because I don't think that they should be focusing too much on trying to be similar to what they're what what, uh, what Naughty Dog is doing with, with Uncharted. You know, so that turned me off a little bit. But with that said, the game is still fun. It's still a good game. Search for Tombs is still good. So in those regards, I still say if you're a Tomb Raider fan, then you definitely should pick this game up. I mean, it's it's definitely worth playing. I will say that. But again, if you didn't like the first two games, then don't bother with this game because 
it still feels like it's very similar to those other two games, but there are certain aspects about it that are different. But still, not enough for me to say that, oh, this is a totally, completely different experience. It's more of the same. But, yeah. but that's... Go ahead. I, I just wanted to like say, because I saw those complaints from people... And like eighty five is a good score, man. Like I don't understand why uh, people think that you know the score was influenced or uh, or whatever they're saying. Like I, I don't understand um, you know the criticism. I feel like it was a thorough review. You explained you know your perspective on the game, uh, what you thought worked for the game, what you thought might might maybe not worked out so much. Um, so I think it was a good review, and eighty five is a good score. Um, and like you said, I mean, uh, a lot of, from from what I've heard, a lot of people, uh, a lot of people say Rise of the Tomb Raider was, you know, the the, the pinnacle of this trilogy. Um, mm-hmm. So, I mean, you know, based on that, I mean, I don't see anything wrong with your review. I think you did a good job. So, I just oh, say that. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. And they'll complain because you said that as well. But I, I will just say this: you know, people need to remember a review is an opinion. You know, everyone is entitled to their own opinion of the game. You know, somebody can play Spider-Man and they can think that game is trash. Other Somebody else will play it and they'll say it's fantastic. But although the general consensus on Spider-Man is that the game is, is, is excellent, you know, just to put that out there. But yes, the opinion, everyone is entitled to their own opinion. So if you disagree with an opinion, that's fine. And I would tell anyone and everyone, you should play a game to form your own opinion. You can check out the review, agree or disagree with what anyone says, but at the end of the day, you're the one that has to play it, and then you may have, you may feel a certain type of way about the game. So I encourage anyone and everyone, if you want to check out a review, review, that's great, but if you already are looking forward to a game, just play the game, and then you form your own opinion as to whether or not you like it. That's all that should matter at the end of the day. So I just wanted to put that out there. But I still thought the game was great. Uh, I'm actually playing through it again because one thing about playing with these games and you knowing that you have an embargo, you absolutely positively cannot do every single challenge to every single this, that, or other. So uh, going back and playing through some of this other stuff now, like actually going to more of the crypts and the challenge tombs, it's still fun, uh, but I would not change my score. I mean, again, I didn't like the story, as I've already said. Um, and I thought a lot of the game is pretty much the same as the other Tomb Raider games, but it's not as good because a lot of the elements feel rushed. But again, that is just my opinion. So take that as, as, as you may in any which way direction. But yeah, Shadow of the Tomb Raider, definitely check it out if you're a fan of the series. Um, I've also been playing NBA 2K19. Uh, Anthony Nash actually wrote a review for this game. It's currently on the website right now. I believe that um, he gave it an 84 out of 100. Uh, the thing about this game is that these sports games, they pretty much feel the same every single time, with the, with the exception that it's a different roster. Uh, what I've played so far of this game has been focused primarily on the My GM mode because they have a story that you basically play. And I have to say, um, the story... It's interesting in some aspects, but it's still a letdown because it starts out where you're a GM. You're able to use an import of how you played the mode in NBA 2K18, which is great. But you're a GM. You end up having to relocate the team to a new location. You have a, a new owner that you have to deal with. 
But then you have this situation where the guy who you had issues with, um, you basically have to deal with uh, this guy um, who you had issues with in, in 2K18 because in 2K18, there was an owner that took over the organization and he had a son that he basically wanted to put in that role. So the son ends up getting control of this other franchise and you were going back and forth with the son. They have this little thing in the mode where the son is stealing information from you because someone in, on, in, in your actual organization is feeding them information and you have to go through this whole conversational tree to figure out who it is. I figured out who it was and I fired the guy. And as soon as I fired him, you know, then there was this whole thing about a bet that the other son, once he found out that I knew who the rat was, he said, well, I want to bet you that my summer league team will beat your summer league. And of course, the winner of that matchup, you know, the NBA All-Star game ends up taking place in that city. So that was interesting. But immediately after we had that matchup back and forth and I beat the owner's son, pretty much at that point, the story ends. The story ends. So this is before we even get to the season. And then it's just regular GM mode where you have to manage your relationships with the players and your relationship with the owner, that type of stuff. So to me, the mode is okay, but again, I don't really feel that like they've done enough with it. You know, it's a nice little introduction into some of the dramatic, some of the stuff that goes on behind the scenes, but they don't really, they're not fully invested in it. So um, with that said, when you get to actually playing the game, the game is still pretty much, it feels to me like the same NBA 2K game I've been playing for the last several years. Um, and that's not a bad thing. Uh, it is a lot more, a lot harder to play in certain aspects because the defense has been improved, which, which is something that they had to do. Um, but overall, it's the same experience. So if there is anyone that out there that is an NBA 2K fan, I definitely would encourage you to check out the game because um, it, it does have something to offer. But if you are someone who wants to get into GM mode and the my player mode and the microtransactions and stuff like that, if you don't really want to deal with any of that, then I would say, no, you probably shouldn't pick up this game because the microtransactions thing is ridiculous. I haven't really spent a lot of time in my career, so I purposely avoided any of that stuff. But I have I've seen people and I've talked to people who have been playing that and there's been nothing but complaints. So that is the one area that I think does need to be improved in the future with 2K. But again, as long as people are buying this stuff, it's going to continue. So we'll see. We'll see. Um, one final thing I did want to say very quickly, and I understand this isn't gaming related, but I want to mention it. I did get to see two advanced screenings this week for two upcoming movies. Well, one of them is actually out already. So The Predator. I did see The Predator in theaters Wednesday night. Uh, I will just say this. If you are a Predator fan, uh, you might be slightly disappointed by this movie because it's uh, it to me is pretty much a comedy. A lot of jokes. Uh, I personally liked a lot of the, the comedy in it, and I enjoyed that. It's a little lighthearted, uh, but also a very serious subject matter. Um, the way the movie concludes, it definitely will be another uh, entry in the series after this. Um, looks to me like this could be I don't know how many more movies they're planning, but they definitely will have another movie at the very least after this because of how it ended. But I mean, I, I, for the most part, I will say it was a entertaining movie only because I went in and I didn't have any high expectations. 
But again, this I have to emphasize this. It is a comedy movie. The amount of jokes that people say, it's it's all funny stuff, funny, funny humor. So if you go into it looking for a comedy, you, you will be you'll you'll like it. There is some action, of course. I don't like the fact that when you see a trailer, it shows too much of a movie. There are some instances where you can say, well, I saw a lot of this stuff already in the trailer. and But they do have other things that they don't show, which I did appreciate in the actual movie. So, but yeah, it, it, it's it's a comedy. I've heard people have mixed thoughts on it. Some think it's amazing. Others, like, uh, was trash. The majority reaction from the movie when I saw it was that, oh, this is a funny, entertaining film, but this is nothing like The Predator that I remember in I think that's a fair uh, point to have in regards to the movie. But um, definitely check it out if you want to. And the other movie I did see, um, it was Night School starring Kevin Hart, Tiffany Haddish, and a whole bunch of other actors and actresses that don't really get enough screen time. Um, movie was, 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 I think it was, uh, again, another funny, entertaining film. Um, the one thing I will say about the movie... You know, everybody already knows what to expect from Kevin Hart in terms of the comedy that he does. But to me, the biggest part of the movie is all of the supporting cast, the the role that they play, they actually were funnier than Kevin Hart and Tiffany Haddish. And I would hope that after this movie comes out, these other actors and actors are actually going to get other roles in other movies because they were very entertaining. Very, very entertaining. A lot of funny jokes. Uh, It was a lot of stuff that didn't fall flat quite as much but it was it was very funny good movie and it had a great message about second chances how everyone does deserve to get a second chance at something and they pretty much can do a lot of things with that so definitely a good movie i recommend both films but uh again this is just my opinion you can see the movie you think it's it's garbage it's totally fine but i would say they're pretty good movies overall but um that pretty much is good yeah, that, that concludes what I've been up to. Um, there is one more thing, though, Gary, I wanted you to speak on. Oh, what's up? You were at an event yesterday. Oh, yeah. Um, well, actually, I, I mean, I can say that I was at the event. So it was for um, Starlink, which is, you know, a game coming out for uh, Nintendo Switch, PS4, and Xbox next month. Yeah. Uh, we, we saw it at E3 at the Ubisoft conference. Mm-hmm. Uh, we know that it has Star Fox and everything, uh, but as for what I played, it's embargoed, and I'm still waiting for um, the full Uh-oh. details. Uh-oh. I'm waiting for the full details of what I can say and can't say until the the embargo date. So I don't want to say anything just yet, but um, I'll okay. have some sort of impressions uh, eventually on on Starlink. So look awesome. out for that. Awesome. Yes. Okay. Sounds good. Looking forward to that. All right, that concludes what we have been playing, what we have been doing this week. Um, so we're going to go ahead and we're going to move right to some of the news topics. As I've already said, there wasn't a ton of news this week. A lot of news did come from Nintendo. We'll get into that. But before we get into any of that, we need to talk about what went down this week with Henry Cavill <laughs> leaving the DC Universe uh, and focusing entirely on The Witcher. Now, I will say this. I saw the video response that Henry Cavill had, and I thought that was hilarious because I don't understand what the hell that response meant. But um, I will say that I did see the initial reaction 
when they said he's no longer going to be going to be playing Superman. And there's a lot of people that was like, what the hell is this about? A lot of people that was angry instantly said the DC universe is over. So, Gary, what are your thoughts on this whole situation? And then, of course, we need to talk about the article that you wrote, because last last week, I believe you said you were going to write an article and the article is currently on the website. So feel free to dive into this. Yeah, so um, uh, so so let's start with the article because that came first. So, <laughs> yeah, last week, you know, we spoke about Henry Cavill playing Geralt in The Witcher because you know the news was out that he he was cast in the series. And you know, on last week's show, I said I was going to write that article saying you know listing five other actors that I think should play the role instead of Henry Cavill because I didn't think he was the best fit for the role. So, uh, you know, the actors I chose, uh, I'm sure a lot of people disagreed with this, but, um, yeah, the actors I chose was, uh, the first one was, uh, Nicolaj, uh, Costa Waldo. Uh, I'm, i I'm sorry if, you know, I pronounced that wrong, but that's basically Jamie Lannister from Game of Thrones. Uh, the second one was Norman Reedus, who, you know, who's in, uh, The Walking Dead. And um, Benedict Cumberbatch was the third option from Sherlock and, you know, Doctor Strange, of course. Uh, Kit Harrington was, you know, the fourth pick from, he's from Game of Thrones. He's Jon Snow. Um, You know, he's uh, the object of every woman's fantasy who watches Game of Thrones. So, you know, he he might be a good pick if you want the ladies to watch The Witcher. Uh, And also uh, Jason Momoa. Who, who plays Aquaman, and he's also in Game of Thrones. So a lot of Game of Thrones actors here, basically. Um, so yeah, those were my picks for that. Uh, Rich, what was your initial thoughts on, on that list before I move on to the other news? Well, I, I mean, I thought the picks were, were pretty good, quite honestly. Um, I, I, I I personally couldn't think of anybody that could play Geralt. I, I think if you have Daryl, on you know because you've made the point that he looks just like Gerald. Mm-hmm. All he really needs to do is dye his hair and his mustache. Yeah, I can definitely see that. Although now, you know, I don't really know because he is going to be the main star of The Walking Dead. So I know he definitely wouldn't have time for this. Um, but I, I mean, overall, I thought the list was there was some good picks on the list. Only because you know I, I couldn't think of anybody else that I would add to that list. But I know one thing I will say, and I've said this last week, is that, you know, when you decide to cast uh, Henry Cavill in a role like this, that's great. But who is going to be the adversary that he faces off against in the actual uh, show? Because the adversary, I think that actor also needs to be on the same level. I mean, it could be an up and coming actor if they wanted to. But I think the actor to match the star power of the, 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 the hero, it needs to be somebody good. So... We'll have to wait and see how they do that because they may just not even go in that route and just have Henry Cavill facing off against creatures, so on and so forth, stuff like that. But we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, indeed. Um, yeah, it seems like some people disagree. Um, someone actually said it just looked like I, I looked up the most popular actors or something. Um, I have to say, <laughs> I have to say that there's much more popular actors than these out there. Like, if I was just looking for popular actors, I could have found like plenty other than these picks. I was going for ones that had a specific look to them, and could also like were good enough actors to change their, you know, 
their voice and dialect and things like that, you know. Um, I, I, so. I want to ask a quick question. Is that first actor, Nicholas, is that guy really popular, though? Yeah, that's he, a question I would ask. He's not, he's not popular at all. So <laughs> he's just known for being Jamie Lannister. Like, that's literally the only thing. He's not in anything else, like, as far as we know. So, okay. so I mean, he's not popular. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, uh, but yeah, moving on to the other news. So, uh, this week it came out, like you said, that Henry Cavill was leaving the DCEU, you know, leaving the role as Superman so that he could focus on the Witcher role. And, um, I, I, like, I have to actually say, you know, although I don't think he's the best option to play Garol, I have to say that that's the the, that's a great move on his part uh, because you know that that DC EU is a sinking ship. I'm sure other actors are going to leave. Also, uh, Ben Affleck, if he hasn't already left, then he's definitely leaving. You know, soon at some point. Um, and it seems like they're restructuring that universe anyway, uh, and they're doing like uh, they're they're currently working on like two or three Joker movies right now like and they're not connected in any way so it's like that shows you the confusion of dc right now warner brothers like with this universe i I don't even think they know what they're doing at this point they're just they're just trying to make movies with the most popular characters you know harley quinn wonder woman joker you know they're just trying to like bring some sort of popularity to the universe by by using these popular characters that people identify with you know um and you know it's just there's like no structure right now like and and it's it's sad really um i think they're just kind of throwing things out and waiting to see what sticks and then when something sticks they'll kind of build their universe around that that thing um so i think that's pretty much what they're doing at at the moment uh we do have aquaman coming out uh so you know I'm, i'm sure somebody's excited to see that i'm not but um yeah i mean i guess we'll see what the performance is for that but I think I think it's a good move for Henry Cavill because um, that universe was doing him no favors. Uh, you know, he he became a joke, a laughing stock after the the Justice League movie. You know, especially because of the mustache thing and everything. Like right? he was just he was a meme basically. So I think it's a smart move. It was bad for his career, and he's still young. So uh, I think it's a good idea to leave and you know do other things that might kind of build up your profile and uh, something you can be proud of because. I don't think anybody can be proud of being in these past few DC movies, to be honest with you. So, um, that's a good move on his part. But what do you think, Rich? Well, yeah, um, absolutely. Uh, I, I, I honestly don't know what's going on with the DCEU right now. Uh, I know we heard about Ben Affleck uh, a, a while ago, actually. And I don't really know what the update is on that, whether or not that is already effective or it's going to be effective soon. But um, Henry Cavill li- li- leaving is, it is good for his career. He can do other things that he wants to do. I, I think I've said, I believe it was last week, or maybe I said this off camera. I thought he did a great job in, in Mission Impossible Fallout. Um, even though it was very predictable what they were doing with that character, I still thought that he did a good job in that. And of course, you know, we had there was images of that as well when he had his arms cocked. That, 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 that video has gone around uh, multiple times. So he also is known for that movie because of that scene. But um, yeah, I, I think he definitely can do a lot more with his career. So I don't really think this is a bad deal for him to leave the 
UFC because I don't really know what they what their plans and their intentions were for, from him. Uh, I have heard that there was rumblings of people that they are considering playing him. I mean, playing Superman in the future. One of the names being Michael B. Jordan, who played Killmonger in Black Panther. Uh, I don't really know uh, how valid that information is. I would laugh if DC did attempt to do that because, once again, you know, saw that Marvel had success with these actors and these people casting their roles. So you're like, well, if he's not doing anything with Marvel, then yeah, we should go after him. So I would laugh if DC did try to do that. Um, But we'll see about that. As for him focusing on The Witcher, uh, I think that's going to be interesting. I mean, I still want to see how he looks as Geralt with all the makeup and stuff on to really fully be, you know, convinced that this is the guy that they made a wise choice in picking this guy for this role. We haven't seen anything yet. Uh, as I said last week, we'll probably see something, uh, I, w- I want to say, next year because the show is not coming out until 2020. So if there's any stills or anything released, that won't be until, I think, the middle of next year or closer towards the end because it's coming out sometime in 2020. I have no idea when in 2020. But we'll see. But yeah, once again, I know DC said that they want to focus on Supergirl right now. They have Wonder Woman. And honestly, I, I honestly believe Wonder Woman is maybe the only character that they have that is uh, some has been trade somewhat decent among all the others. Now, I'm not saying the Wonder Woman movie was perfect because that movie definitely has some issues. But um, that is the one character that I think they have a great actress. She looks excellent in the role. So that is one character that, yeah, they probably should focus on because even in Justice League, this is a character that got a lot of attention, a lot of shine, more so than the other characters. So you got something great with her. Let's just hope they don't, you know, mess up that relationship and then she wants to leave also because uh, that would be, be bad for them. But, uh, hey, whatever DC wants to do, they, they, they are free and willing to do. But if I could give them some advice, it would be stop trying to be like Marvel. Stop trying to have all these movies come out uh, at the same year. You know, really focus on making quality films. And if you if that means making less films, then do it that way. But don't try to copy what Marvel is doing because it will be unsuccessful. And people are always going to make that comparison. So you got to do things to make sure that they aren't making those comparisons. But that's the advice I would give to them. It's okay that this didn't work out with Henry Cavill. Just focus on what you have. If you need to reboot the, the universe, do that, whatever. But yeah, stop trying to be like the competition and try to be an individual, and maybe you'll stand out more that way. Yep, that's great advice for DC. I think uh, they should focus on you know doing their own thing and not trying to uh, mimic what the other company is doing. And, you know, the, the, the whole, I don't know if it's true or not, but the whole um, trying to get Michael B. Jordan as Superman, that's just so desperate if it's true. Because it's like, you see Black Panther was like, you know, probably one of the, uh, I'm not sure how it stacks up against Infinity War at the moment, but it was one of the, you know, most successful movies this year, if not the most. And, you know, just because he was like, you know, the, the standout character in that film, and he died, so, you know, he can't be in uh, the Marvel Universe anymore. But, um, you know, just because of that, you're trying to get him to play your flagship guy now. And that's just so desperate, especially because the whole, you know, the whole black thing as well. Like, 
that shows me that you want to make a statement. You want to give people a reason to come see Superman and be like, oh, come see the first black Superman. You know, like that, that would be so desperate. I hope it's not true. Like, cause that's just, that's just so desperate. Like that's, that's an all time low if, if that's the case. But, um, and also Michael B. Jordan shouldn't even take that, you know, cause that would like, that will put a blemish on his, his, uh, you know, career at the moment because he's been doing some great work recently so and you know he 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 was in that fantastic four movie already so he doesn't need another bad film so um so yeah he shouldn't do that but yeah like you said dc just needs to i think they do need a reboot they need to just you know scrap everything that they had going with justice league and everything just scrap it all scrap all the continuity and everything and start out fresh uh, you don't even have to rush to do Superman and Batman characters, you know, like give it some time, build up something slow, introduce new characters, you know, and um, just make that work and then introduce the big the big guns, Batman, Superman, when you have a solid foundation, because that's what made Marvel so great, because they had that solid foundation. They started on a good film. Iron Man was a good film. So they had that solid foundation there. So then, you know, when they introduced Captain America and Thor and everything, like they already had a solid foundation to go off and it just kept building and building and building with each film. Uh, you know, DC, they, they didn't really have a solid foundation at all. I mean, Man of Steel, they made that before they was even trying to do a universe, I think. Like they didn't really have a set plan. They might have thought, you know, maybe if this works, we can build something off of it. But they didn't have a set foundation, you know, in the works already. So that felt like more of a standalone movie. And then you rush Batman into the next movie. And it's like, this is just too forced. Like, it's, there's no solid foundation here. You haven't set the parameters of this universe. Like, you're just rushing this to compete with Marvel. And it was, it was clear to see at that point. So, yeah, just do your own thing, uh, DC, because you have a lot of potential. You have some of the most iconic characters in your library. Like, you could do amazing things. But the fact that you're just trying to, you know, rush to compete is, you know, it's, it's setting you up for failure. So, yeah, they need to work on that for real. I agree. Absolutely. So, we'll see what happens uh, moving forward. But, uh, I wish them well. They they making money either way, so I yeah I I can't I can't, I can't be too critical of that. They making money, they all right, but uh, they definitely need to improve what they're trying to do with that universe. But uh, that pretty much is it for that. Uh, any other thoughts before we move on to the next topic? Uh, that's pretty much it. Okay, I'm 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 gonna throw in this topic real quick uh, because um, well obviously talk a lot more about this next week uh, because the show was actually next week but uh, Tokyo Game Show I, I didn't want to make a quick comment on this because I heard about this Sony conference that they had uh, and I saw uh, you know some occasional news uh, you know posted for that um, they announced a, a couple of, 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 of uh, new games upcoming games and then they showed more footage of games that we've already knew that were coming so Obviously, I don't know if Sony has any other plans. I do believe that we're still going to get Kojima have some type of presentation for Death Stranding at, at TGS. But um, I would say for a stream, a pre-stream 
of T uh, of Tokyo Game Show. That 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 was pretty disappointing, I have to say. Um, I mean, obviously there were some things that were interesting, but for the most part, I I, I, I guess we, like I said, we'll discuss on the next show because TGS is this upcoming week. Um, so obviously we'll get a chance to see more of what. Sony has to show or any of the other developers have to show at this show. But that, to me, I did see some highlights and I did want to make a comment and say I was not impressed with, with, with any of the stuff that was announced. Did some of it look good? Sure. But I mean, this, you know, well, I'll wait to see if they have a real presentation. I'll just leave it at that. Yeah. I mean, the, the two most noteworthy things I saw from that was the Kingdom Hearts VR experience. And that that's not, <laughs> you know, that, that's not, a full game in VR, by the way. That's just a few like cutscenes and you know, like just different moments that you can experience in VR through Kingdom Hearts. But at least they're trying to do something with the PSVR, I guess, because they've been they've been slipping with that. Like they haven't been supporting it properly. So um, that's something, I guess, if you're if you're a diehard Kingdom Hearts fan. Um, and also that game uh, made by the Yakuza creators, uh, Judge Eyes or project judge yeah that, that looks cool you know if you're into those style of games um that that looks like it has potential so uh that was those were the only two noteworthy things i saw everything else was kind of yeah you know uh they had that final fantasy game but that's not something i'm i'm rushing to play even though i am a big final fantasy fan but um you know it's you know it's it's, it's not a, a big deal to me that you know it's, it's just cool. It's cool that it exists, but I'm not in a rush to play that. But yeah, um, those were the most noteworthy things I thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't really too much. Um, like I said, we'll, we'll see if they have more to show when the actual show is taking place. Because again, I, I was confused because I know at the last week uh, on Sunday, this past Sunday, no, last Sunday, I was on to throw down your questions. And it was during that show, somebody mentioned uh, you guys watching the Sony conference. And I was like, what is this? What is he talking about? And then I see they actually had a conference at 5 a.m. on, you know, in my time zone uh, Monday morning. I was like, there ain't no way in hell I'll still be awake to watch that. But uh, that's interesting. But um, from what I heard, it was not too impressive. So we'll see what Sony has to show next week. Because um, I, like, I, like we've already said, the Death Stranding thing, I, I am expecting to see something major at this, you know, at this show regarding that. Because of all this stuff we saw, all this cinematic footage, Kojima, so on and so forth, and then not knowing what the hell this game is about. I expect to get some answers, some definitive answers next week. So, we'll see about that. Yeah. But, uh... We'll see. Yes, we, we shall see. So let's move on to this next story. Uh, you actually, this is a story that I didn't hear anything about, so I'm going to give the mic over to you, but this is regarding Assassin's Creed Odyssey is coming to the Switch. Yep. So um, yeah, this, I believe this was announced during the Direct. Um, so basically, this is only for Japan, which is interesting, but um, basically Assassin's Creed Odyssey is coming to the Switch, but it's via cloud. Um, now, that that's interesting to me because it says two things so first thing it says is you know japan only because they want to keep it close to home because they want to test it so i think this is a test for something um so yes secondly i think 
they want to really experience with this cloud thing a lot and this might become a, a big part of the nintendo switch's future and the online service that's coming um so i think what they're going to try to do is because we know that you know uh, a lot of these tri- big triple a games have been coming to the switch that we've seen on other platforms but most of the time it's it's a downgraded version to you know so that it can perform on the hardware more consistently um so i think that they want to try this cloud thing because it would allow them to it will allow users to play games at you know a higher quality as long as they have a stable connection so like you could run a game at like it's full spec it's full resolution it's full performance and everything and you know you're, you're essentially just streaming the game from the cloud uh this this sort of technology is already happening um on you know pc uh you know it playstation does it with ps now um xbox has done it you know so this is technology that's already in like available on other platforms but the fact that nintendo is using it says a lot to me like you know they're they're actually trying to um move towards uh the, the the current climate you know they're trying to match what's going on today and that's big for nintendo because nintendo are usually that you know traditional company who are setting their ways and you know they want to do things their way and sometimes they can be a bit stubborn in terms of newer technology and you know uh, new ideas and new features so i think this is really cool that they are doing this and i think you know this is actually a test and if this goes well they're going to roll this out as as a, a common feature and we're going to start to see some of the biggest triple a games be announced for the switch day one you know so i think this is the start of something the fact that this announcement came out but what do you think about that rich yeah you know i i definitely was caught off guard when i saw this particular story because i i would have thought assassin's creed odyssey this is a game that will never run on the switch um but i know we always have that joke about all of the major games coming out, but, they, but they're not on Switch. You know, Red Dead Redemption Two coming out next month, not not on Switch. Uh, so, I think I think it's a great step forward for Nintendo if if this does indeed work. Um, I think it's it's very interesting that they did announce that this is only Japan. You know, and I'll be curious to see if this does prove to be successful. That maybe next year they make this something that is that you can actually play it here over here in the States. I think that'll be very interesting. But um, I definitely want to commend them on a um, a job well done surprising people. Because, I mean, like, again, I, I am surprised that that news came out like that because I was not expecting that. Um, very curious to see how this will impact the industry moving forward if they are able to start having a lot more AAA high-profile titles appear on the Switch. I still do believe that there will be some limitations and it may not run quite as smoothly as you would anticipate. But again, I guess it depends on, on the developer and who is involved in this. I know, I do know that we do know that, that Doom uh, from Bethesda that came out last year and they did announce that Doom 2 will be on Switch at launch the same time as it's going to launch on PlayStation 4, Xbox and PC. I think that's a very big deal. Um, so it is possible I guess with the right developers, whoever whoever Bethesda's working with to get that version to work. 
So it is possible for a lot more games to eventually come to this platform. Although I, I will have to say, I still do believe there will be some limitations on some games. Like, uh, I do not expect to see Cyberpunk 2077 on the Nintendo Switch. And I do not expect to see Red Dead Redemption 2 on the Nintendo Switch. But I guess we'll have to see what's possible if this particular project works out. Um, but yeah, it's very interesting. Very, very interesting, I'd say. Yeah, because I mean, there's a they're, they're probably missing out on a lot of games coming to the Switch that that they want, you know, because this is really like the first time in a long time that we're seeing so much third party support on the Switch, mm-hmm. and they probably they probably want a lot more of that. But as we've seen, sometimes these games have issues. Uh, you know, WWE 2K. I'm looking at you. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So th- this is a way that they can get around some of those issues because if it's running from the cloud, there's not going to be too much performance issues unless it's your actual internet messing up. So, uh, or you know, Nintendo server. So, um, that it's a good idea. Well, 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 hold on a second, though. So when you say running on the cloud, so this means that if somebody was to play the game and they want to take a break, then. How would that whole thing work? If they, I mean, I, I would assume that you would have to play the game in its entirety on the cloud. That's what I would need to understand. Yeah, so it's it's like streaming the game, basically. Um, right, PlayStation Now. Yeah, exactly. So um, I don't know about that, man. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, I haven't I haven't heard good things about PlayStation Now. So you know, that's something that uh, Nintendo is going to have to work on to make sure that the quality of the service is good and, you know, the, the, the network performance is stable. You know, that's the challenge. But well, yeah. Go ahead. Oh, no, no, yeah. I was going to say, I know they, they did announce that they're, the online service starts next week. So this is going to be a big test to see how, how smoothly things run with the online capability. Because if it doesn't run good, then that streaming thing might not be quite as successful but i have to commend them for trying to see how it works in japan at least as a testing ground so yeah yeah i mean i I wish them the best with that you know i mean it's not it's definitely not easy to do if if you have no history or you know no real experience doing that sort of thing so it's probably going to be a challenge for them but um you know i I hope they pull through i hope they manage to pull it off because it could be a big deal for them Absolutely, absolutely. We'll see. We'll see what happens. So curious to hear what uh, people have to think about that topic because I was surprised to see that myself. So we'll see what others think. So moving on to other news, and this is still Nintendo. Obviously, the Nintendo Direct took place yesterday. I saw it in its entirety. Um, I did see the reaction. A lot of people was excited that we're going to get a Luigi Mansion three in twenty nineteen. Um, also, that we're going to get an Animal Crossing sometime in 2019, and then of course they're adding a character from Animal Crossing in Smash Brothers. They showed a lot of other third-party support, uh, as well as uh, a couple of new titles and Games Freak, I believe that's the name of the company. They're working on a new game, um, so there, there's a, quite a bit of interesting things they had in the show overall. I don't think it was a bad show. Give people a good idea of what they're getting this year as well as next year, which is great. But uh, one thing that I know you definitely want to talk about, Gary, uh, Final Fantasy 7, 9, 10, and 12 
all have been announced. They're all coming to the Nintendo Switch. And I will also add that when this announcement was made, I also received the email from Microsoft letting me know that this is also coming to Xbox. So, Gary, uh, what are your thoughts on these games finally coming to both the Switch and uh, Xbox One? Yeah, so, you know, uh, Final Fantasy is one of my favorite topics to talk about. So, uh, yeah. Uh, this is, this, I mean, I see a lot of people online, uh, making a big deal out of this and, you know, saying, wow, I mean, it is a big deal for, for Nintendo gamers. I understand that. And for Xbox gamers, but I don't like people are, are trying to spin this as if it's a big shock, shocker that these games are going to be on other platforms. That's not the shocker. You know, the, the shocker is that, you know, I mean, cool. Now people, more people are going to get to be able to relive these classics and stuff but the shocker isn't that these games are coming to another platform because this has been happening already like over the past 10 years or so square enix has been pushing to uh you know expand final fantasy on other platforms like this has been happening since since 13 you know final fantasy 13 that whole you know how how they came out at e3 and said it's coming out on xbox since then they've been putting out these final fantasy games on like every platform they can from pc to android to iphone um like they've been putting all these games out on other systems you can get them on ps2 you can get them on uh, ps3 ps4 so it makes sense that now they're coming out on the switch and the xbox like it it makes sense you know they want to expand the audience for final fantasy um, so I don't get why, you know, there's a lot of like, I don't know if it's a fanboy thing or what, but people are saying, oh, like, I guess it's not exclusive to, to Sony anymore and stuff like it hasn't been exclusive to Sony for a long time. Like, uh, this is this is not a big deal. Like Final Fantasy 15 came out on everything pretty much. So, um, yeah, I mean, uh, aside from that, though, you know, it, it is cool that people on the Switch are going to get to relive these classics and Xbox, of course. Um, and um, there was a lot of like question as to why they left out Final Fantasy VIII. Uh, you know that game is just like deliberate, deliberately missing because like you go from seven to nine. Like how do you skip a whole game? Like you know. Um, and my guess for that would be that maybe they have an issue, um, you know translating the assets of that game or something you know maybe there's some sort of technical issue where it's not easy for them to make that game compatible with the other systems uh that would be my guess but i'm sure we will see it eventually maybe it, it's just going to take them longer to work on that because that game is on pc you know and i think it's on iphone and stuff so if they can get it to work on pc and uh you know other platforms then I'm sure they can eventually get it on the Switch and, uh, you know, um, Xbox. There, there's probably just some technical reason why it's not in this, you know, particular announcement. But I think we'll get it later on those systems. But yeah, I want to say that, you know, this is this is really good for, for people on those platforms who haven't played these games, especially 12, because um, 12 came out at a really awkward time. I believe it was uh, 2006. Um, and you know, in the UK, that was it came out a month before the the, the PS3 came out. You know, because for you guys, the PS3 came out earlier, but we got it in 2006. You know, uh, I think it was like March or something, March or April, one of those months. 
but Final Fantasy XII literally came out a month before, so I was unable to finish it back then because, you know, when the PS3 came out, I was all over the PS3 playing the PS3. Um, and you know, I didn't. I wasn't trying to play that game. So I, you know, when the remaster came out, I was all over it, and I've been playing it again. And it's an amazing game, man. Like, uh, like I've been remem- remembering how good a game it really is. And now I'm actually going to get to beat it because I didn't get to beat it when it first came out. Um, so I think that game is really slept on. So it's great that more people are going to be able to realize just how much of a classic that game is. Uh, and of course, we know seven, nine, and ten are you know they're they're held in very high regard. Uh, so yeah, it's cool. It's cool, uh, especially because you know Square is now working on other Final Fantasy games, the Final Fantasy VII remake. So I think it's essential that everybody gets that Final Fantasy VII experience, the original game, before the remake comes out. And you have more than enough time because we all know the remake isn't going to come out for another five years. So, you know, you got more than enough time to, to play seven. So, yeah, what's your thoughts on it, Rich? Yeah, that, you know, that's, that's, that, the, the, I, think, I, think, I pretty much agree with everything you had to say. Um, the question that I have with this, well, I, I do agree it's great that these games are coming to both Switch. I, there may be some of these games may have already released on Xbox. I think the Final Fantasy X already came to Xbox. I think uh, I'm not really a Final Fantasy head, so I, I don't really know all that information in full. But the question I have is, and you can confirm this, uh, for someone who wants to play the Final Fantasy games, and I already know that every game is pretty much different. It's not; they're not really. At least I believe they're not all connected. And they could be separate stories because I was told that before. But if somebody wanted to play, like from Final Fantasy One onwards, uh, do you think it would be a wise idea for Square Enix to make this an option on both Nintendo and the Xbox? Wait, will you say that again? Like, make what an option? These games? Like, 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 like if people wanted to play, like. Final Fantasy from the very beginning, like the first one all the way up to six. Oh, okay. So, like, you mean from number one all the way yeah. up to yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, yeah. I mean, it, it would be cool to have that option if you want to, because um, I want to shout out Riku Sun, um, you know, who recently got into the Final Fantasy games. Um, and, you know, he went from all the way from uh, the first game up until I think he's at eight now or something. Um, and I watched him play seven because he streamed it. But um, yeah, he recently just went on a binge playing all the Final Fantasy games, you know, and stuff. So for people who want to do that and, you know, they only have a Switch or Xbox, it's a really good thing to have the option to have, you know, all the, the entire series from the first game and up. But I will say that you have to be prepared for, you know, how dated it's going to be to go back that far. Like those first uh i want to say like uh three we'll say first three games are very hard to play through now you know because we're so spoiled with amazing you know um open world rpgs with beautiful graphics and everything like those games might be a bit of a a, a grind for you to go through now um especially when it's not that visually impressive you know like it's, it's very dated graphically 
but four is when it starts to really get good like because that's when the story starts to uh become a lot more relatable and you know the characters are kind of like you know they're, they're more detailed so you you probably you'll probably become more attached to the characters at at that point uh and you know i think the series really starts to shine at yeah probably like final fantasy 4 but my personal like the where i really get get hooked on final fantasy is final fantasy 6 like anything before that i find it a bit harder to you know kind of get that attached to but final fantasy 6 is when i really got like emotionally invested and you know i didn't actually play that game when it first came out originally of course but going back and you know playing through a lot of those older final fantasy games i would say final fantasy 6 is the one where it starts to get to what we know final fantasy to be now kind of thing um so yeah i mean you know it it would be good to give gamers the option to go back and relive those games but um i understand why they would start at seven because that's when you know uh that's when it starts to become like critically acclaimed level games and stuff you know and there's there's a lot of people who say that final fantasy 4 and final fantasy 6 are better than 7 um and i can understand why people might say that but for me personally 7 is you know it's incredible it's a masterpiece and that's for me where you know my favorites of the series start it starts at 7 you know um and goes up you know and i like i also like 10 i like uh, 12 and i like 13 of course and uh, 15 is cool but yeah i think it's this is a good start basically uh but hopefully they will release the earlier ones and and people will have that option but um like you said rich you know each game is its own story they don't connect in any way so i mean if you do want to dive in now you can just start with one of these games and it's completely fine like you're not really missing out on anything from the old games so, yeah. Sounds good. Well, yeah, I do agree. Uh, giving people more options of other other games to play is always great. Um, so I don't have any issue with the coming to Switch or Xbox. Um, so yeah, I commend I commend both Microsoft and Nintendo for getting those deals done. Yes. All right. So, any other thoughts on? This topic or anything from the Nintendo Direct before we move on to uh, the big topic for today. Uh, I didn't really, I didn't watch the direct. Uh, was there anything else major off the top of top of your head that happened? I mean, there, there, there wasn't. In my opinion, there wasn't. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that we already knew about. Uh, a little other, you know, some of the other games that they announced that are coming look all interesting. Um, but a lot of this stuff isn't coming until 2019. Uh, and though there was no hard dates for some of this stuff, you know, they did announce a lot of the ports that we knew were coming, like, you know, the Mario Brothers U. Well, yes, there is now a version of that coming to Switch the beginning of next year, but it's a deluxe edition. Because that's, that's how they're doing it now. They get You put, put the deluxe in there to make it appear as though it is a new game. It's the same game, maybe some additional DLC, maybe some additional levels, but that's about it. Uh, so Nintendo, I, I gotta admit it, they, they are very slick with uh, with how they do this stuff, and of course they they spend a lot of time talking about the online service, which uh, twenty dollars for a whole year. Um, you do get access to some to some classic Nintendo games, which I think is a great 
to offer all this stuff. But for me, the one thing that, again, I can never get over is the fact that you have to have the smartphone app. You have to use that app to communicate with people while you're playing on, on, on the Switch. And for me, that's that, that's just a little too much. You know, when I jump on Xbox or PlayStation, I can very easily talk to somebody in a voice chat uh, or even a text chat. You don't have that option with Nintendo Switch. So to me, having to use that app, that right there is a deal breaker for me. But what they do offer for $20 a year, I'm pretty sure it's still great. A lot of people will still pick up that service because they want to play games like Smash with their friends, so on and so forth. But um, I am not a fan of that chatting option. So if I ever did get the online service for Nintendo Switch, I would never talk to anybody. I would just play games with everybody. And then if I want to talk to them, maybe I'll call them later on and talk with them. But I, 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 I that whole thing with using that app, I, I just don't like that whole setup right there. So, yeah. yeah. It's, it's a... Is a terrible setup, and uh, that's something they should work on. Um, and I also want to say another thing that's kind of like a bit iffy to me. Uh, but they they also announced that um, you can get the the NES controllers, but yep. only, only if you subscribe to the service. <laughs> that's you know, it's it's a blatant ploy to get people to to subscribe to this service, like and get money out of them because you're not. Oh yeah. Money anyone else the option to get those controllers and you know people are probably going to want them you know so that they can use them on the switch so well hey they, they have learned from their competitors uh, uh you know playstation and in, in, in uh xbox uh they got to try to try to offer some more incentives for, for those that uh to make them pick up the service but my, my whole thing is that, as you already said earlier they need to prove that this is a viable service that actually will work and run smoothly you know, until they do that, then you know, I, I I'm not I'm not sold on the service. I mean, obviously, I do like those Joy Cons that look like the old Nintendo controllers. I don't. That was a nice design, and I'm glad they did that. But uh, you still have to prove to me that this service works, and I will be watching the reactions to this online service because we have a couple of people we know who have switches who already they have told me that they will be getting this service. So I, I'm going to be looking to their reaction to know whether or not this is a good online service. But the way they had the presentation video for it, I, I, I give them props. It, it very thorough in the explanations. But again, I do not like that smartphone app to communicate with friends. That right there to me is a deal breaker because I don't like I don't like that. I would like to have an option to talk to somebody while I'm playing the game on the same device as opposed to using another device just to talk to somebody. That's ridiculous. But we'll see how the reactions are this upcoming week, for sure. Yeah, I can't wait. That's uh, September 19th on Wednesday. That's when the service launches. Um, I have a feeling that Twitter is going to be lit that day, so I, I, will be, <laughs> I will be tuned in to see to see what people are saying. So, yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, so the final topic for today, um, and I'll go ahead and throw this out as well. I, yes, there, there was news that there is an Alan Wake uh, is actually going to become a TV show. Uh, we don't really know a lot of information on that quite yet, so we'll have to revisit that topic later. I wanted to make mention of that because I know some people may think we didn't know about that. We, we, we do know about that. We, I've also followed the story in which Insomniac says they would love to make a Sunset Overdrive 2 um, 
if they get an opportunity, but that all depends on what happens. And and again, I will say, I definitely want to see uh, Sunset Overdrive too, if that is an option. I don't think that is going to be an option anytime soon because Spider-Man, the way they handled that story, clearly there is DLC coming, but I'm I'm about a hundred percent certain it's going to be another game in the series, maybe even a couple more games in the series. So we'll see what happens with the Somniac in those regards. Um, but yes, the main topic we wanted to get into, you know, a lot of people have been asking about what's the deal with Crackdown Three. We know we went to E3 earlier this year. Initially, Crackdown was supposed to come out February 22nd. Then that date was changed to February 2019. So, you know, I would assume it's still coming out in February. I don't really know. We don't have a hard date, but we did. We did get a, a statement from Microsoft, if you will, and the statement. I believe this was said by um, was it the head the head over there, or was it was it Aaron Greenberg that Aaron, said the statement? Aaron Greenberg. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so he made the statement that there's more than enough content this holiday season, and therefore we we don't need Crackdown Three. So let me provide a little context to this statement before we get into our thoughts. Crackdown was originally supposed to come out this year. And when it didn't come out this spring, this past spring, as initially expected, everyone assumed, well, the game was probably coming out this fall. So when we got to the E3 conference and they said February 2019, well, I thought to myself, I don't really think that's a bad move because there is a lot of stuff coming out this holiday season. And it probably would have gotten killed if it did come out. If it did, but it had to come out at a certain a certain time. So now that we've gotten this statement from Aaron Greenberg, what are your thoughts on this statement? Do you agree with his line of thinking, or do you think that that is no excuse? Crackdown Three should have just dropped, regardless of the other games that are coming out this this fall. Yeah, uh, I think you know, I think he's just copying, please, because. He knows they don't have too many exclusives coming, but he has to say something. He has to make it look appealing still, you know, for people to, to buy an Xbox and to play their Xbox this, you know, this uh, holiday season. Um, so this is, this is PR talk, you know, he has to say this, like he has to still sell the system. But the truth of the matter is, yes, Forza, Forza Horizon 4 is a great game. It looks great. And it's cool that, you know, they have that coming. Um, I'm sure that's going to satisfy a lot of people. But they, you need more. You know, there's there's a lot of, uh, I mean, Sony has had a lot of, you know, exclusives come out already. Spider-Man, God of War, you know, uh, Detroit. Um, and, you know, it's like when you look at the the, the stats for the exclusives, the Microsoft ha- hasn't had much. And I know... People are gonna use the idea Xbox thing, you know, but those aren't high profile games. Those aren't system sellers. Those aren't gonna get people to go into the store and buy an Xbox. You know, they're not gonna buy an Xbox for an Xbox ID game, you know, and that's a sad thing to say because I'm sure there's a lot of cool games in that library of games, but you know, you you're going up against heavy contenders. There's a lot of uh, big third party games that are going to perform 
well on PS4. You know, uh, they're probably going to perform better on PS4. A lot of them. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's it's he has to say this at the end of the day. Like he has to big up the fact that those third party games are also going to be on Xbox. You know, um, and he actually name dropped a lot of those third party games from Red Dead to you know uh, Fallout seventy uh, six. And you know games like that, and you know I can't even hate, I can't fault him. He has to do that. He has to sell the system. And you know I'm not saying there's no reason to buy an Xbox. If you want to buy an Xbox, go ahead buy an Xbox. There are there are going to be games to play. There's going to be a lot of third party games for you to play on the Xbox. So you're going to have a good time. You know I'm sure there'll be some friends maybe that will be playing with you and stuff. Um, so yeah, I mean. You know, if you if that's the option you want, go for it. It's a good time. Um, we know that Microsoft has bought studios, so they have, you know, they they're gonna have games coming down the pipeline. They have the uh, Xbox uh, All Access service coming as well, so there's probably gonna be a lot more people on Xbox eventually. But you know, this fall when when I'm looking at this fall, I don't feel like all the the good changes for Microsoft are happening this fall. I think it's going to begin to happen in 2019. I think that's when it's going to kind of shift and uh, the brand is going to slowly get stronger starting next year. As for Crackdown itself, I don't know about that game. Like, you know, I, I'm I don't know. I don't, I'm not too sure about it. I, I don't I don't know if it's going to be a good game. Um, I don't know if it's going to live up to expectations we've been waiting on this game for five years and you know we like it i don't know you have to put a question mark you have to put an asterisk next to that game you know because who knows if it's going to turn out good uh and who knows what it even is at this point like you know uh they've they've kind of changed that game from what i heard um so who knows how that's going to perform but I will say this, I think they have a bright future and the fact that they've secured those studios and they're trying to get even more studios, I think that that means Xbox is in for a bright future. I think Xbox All Access and Xbox Game Pass are great additions to the Xbox brand and it's going to provide a lot of value for people who do buy into the Xbox. So. You know, if you want to buy an Xbox, it's a good time, but be prepared to wait for, you know, a lot of the good exclusive stuff because that's not going to start to come until, you know, maybe later next year. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's that's pretty much all I got to say. But yeah, good PR work from Aaron Greenberg. You know, that's that's all I'll say. All right. So I, I my, my my statement is going to be a little bit more controversial. Um I think you made some great points about the PR statement. I will say this, though. I agree 100% with Aaron Greenberg because of the fact that, well, first and foremost, let, let's address Crackdown first. We, I had a conversation recently with our colleague, Mr. Eddie V. And, of course, he was saying that he doesn't think that Crackdown is a AAA game. I didn't play the original Crackdown games, so he very well could be correct in what he said about that. Um, I don't think the Crackdown is going to sell consoles. No, probably won't. Won't. However, I do think that it still will be a decent game for the Xbox One X uh, because there are some people that are actually still looking forward to the game, uh, even though that announcement feels like it happened ages ago. So we'll see about that. 
with that said, though, um, I definitely think deciding to have it released next year is not a bad idea because when you think about it, you know, Forza Horizon will be out in a couple of weeks. That is really the only exclusive that they have in terms of a new exclusive. They did release a Halo Master Chief collection earlier this month. I know quite a bit of people that have been enjoying their, their sales playing through that. Um, and that's on Game Pass. So the thing is, is that I'm totally fine with them holding off on releasing this game to next year. Because again, yeah, you have the heavy hitters like Red Dead Redemption coming out this fall. You have uh, Call of Duty Black Ops for those that actually want to play that game. I don't know who those people are, but there are some people that do want to play that game. Battlefield 5, um, Just Cause 4. I mean, the list goes on. There's a lot of stuff that's coming out between this, you know, that has already come out and it is coming out between the next couple of months. So it's totally fine if you want to release that in February. However, I would like to see what his statement will be if the game does not do well sales-wise in February because there are a lot of games also coming out at the start of next year. So he has to think about the words they choose carefully, but not releasing it for this fall is totally fine. And and as for the um, comment about some stuff playing better on PlayStation 4, I can confirm right now on this show, people may be shocked to hear this, I played Rise. I mean, to say Shadow of the Tomb Raider on Xbox One X, and it and and I and I and, I, and I, what I did is after I played it, now it looked fantastic. It looked absolutely fantastic. It does have enhancements, of course, but what I did is I looked at the score that that game got on Xbox and PlayStation in comparison to the, the Metacritic score. The Metacritic score on the PlayStation version is ten points lower than the Metacritic score on the Xbox One. And I think that is because the game runs better on Xbox. It definitely looks better on Xbox. Um, so I think that's what that what that's about. And there's a lot of games that will run better on Xbox depending on how much the devs want to utilize the Xbox One X and the features that it does have. So I do think that some third-party titles, they, they do have some advantages. And I'll go back to another game, even The, the Crew. The Crew 2, which came out a couple of months ago. I played that game on PlayStation 4. Uh, it had a lot of issues. Um, now, I've heard the Xbox One X version pretty much a, a, a major difference, so it performs better. Now, I didn't see it perform better, but I've heard the general consensus that, yeah, the game... So some games do play better on Xbox One X than they will on PlayStation 4. So with that said, we'll see what happens this fall in terms of the third-party titles. Which ones will perform better? Um, I'm very curious to see how Red Dead performs on both consoles and which one is really going to be the best experience. But I can confirm that Shadow of the Tomb Raider, that that game was made for native 4K output. So it looks, like I said, it looked fantastic on Xbox One X. It definitely played great on the system. I don't know how different it is from the PlayStation 4 in terms of how it performed on that console, but I, I can say... Yeah, I I can see how there are definitely some advantages to having the Xbox One X. Um, But, you know, with that said, to get back to Crackdown, we'll see what happens when Crackdown drops in February and whether or not a lot of people are going to be hyped for it. Um, But I I do think, as you said earlier, a lot of the other games Microsoft has coming, like obviously Gears 5, uh, Halo Infinite, 
those games would definitely move consoles. No, w w without a doubt. But I think because Microsoft, not only do they have this, but because they also now have that service where you can pay a small price every single month, and it makes the system a lot more affordable for those that can't pay $500 up front, I think that they, 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 they look at that as another win for themselves, which, it, which is a win because you're still getting the console in people's homes. But um, I think because of that, they're not really overly concerned about these hoostits. They know they got some stuff they're working on. So we'll see what the future holds in terms of next year. But but this year, just dropping Forza Horizon, I'm, I'm totally fine with that. Um, what you said about the ID and Xbox games, you are correct. Some of those games are not going to hit. They're not going to be massive. Some of them, some of them are not bad though. You know, because I did play a few of them at the Xbox event in at E3. Some of them are not bad games, but a lot of them are not coming out until next year. So again, it's it's just have to wait and see what they have planned for the future. But um, I don't I, I don't have too many issues with the statement. I, I do agree with what he said. They there's a lot of stuff coming out this year that, that might get lost in the shuffle. And unfortunately, and we will revisit this conversation later. I'm pretty sure that there's even some games that are coming out this year that are going to struggle, and and, and that's what I'm that's what I'm actually curious to see, uh, because I'm pretty sure I, a lot of people I've spoken to they're definitely going to buy Red Dead, but I'm curious to know which games coming out this holiday season are do we know for sure will not sell well at all? So I'm curious to see those numbers, and we'll get that information as time goes on, but. That's all I have to say uh, regarding Mr. Greenberg's statement. Yeah, yeah, that's a definitely respectable uh, thoughts there. Um, I like the thing I'll say about Crackdown Three also is, you know, whereas it might not be a, a good uh, a big system seller, but I think it will be a good Games Pass seller. Like, because I think when that game comes out, you're gonna have a lot of people who are gonna be like. Right, let me see how this shit turned out and then you know they're gonna they're gonna resubscribe or you know if they if they aren't already subscribed and they're gonna download it so a lot of people who who either already have game pass or have an xbox but don't have game pass are probably going to get it to play crackdown i don't think it will uh i don't think it's going to be a game that sells a lot of units i mean it will obviously it might chart and everything uh, i don't i don't think it's going to be you know in in the top three or anything but uh, that you know, I mean, who knows what's gonna happen? I mean, it could, but um, I think that that game is gonna sell Game Pass. Though I think the subscription rate is gonna go up, and a lot of people are going to get it on Game Pass. Um, so I will say that because you know uh, everybody's gonna be curious about the game, and um, if it's got online functionality, people are gonna be wanting to play it with each other and everything like that. So um, I think that's gonna be a very popular Game Pass game. I, I agree 100% with that. Uh, yeah, that, that game, absolutely, a lot of people who have Game Pass will pick it up. I, I am hopeful that people are still going to buy the game, though, as well. Um, but we'll see what happens. I mean, either way, I know Microsoft, they just want you to play the games. I don't think they care too much about the sales because if Game Pass becomes ends up becoming a, a you know one of their most popular uh, things that they sell a lot of, then they're still making money either way. But um, we'll see what happens. But uh, Crackdown, it may not be. It may. It, 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 it might not turn to be. A, it may. It may. It might not turn out to be a bad game. You know, it might still be decent. 
I, I am somewhat optimistic for it, but obviously we need to see more and I need to get a confirmed release date, not a February 2019. I need to know when is the game coming out, day and date. Then I can look forward to it. But um, we'll see what happens with Crackdown. And, and again, all the other titles they have coming, you know, Gears 5, Halo Infinite, definitely looking forward to those. Absolutely without question. Because I, I do feel like in, in, in Halo Infinite, I feel like 343 has something to prove because they saw some backlash they got on Halo 5 with that story. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing what they bring to the table. Yeah. We'll see what happens. But, uh, yeah, so, but, but yeah, uh, definitely curious to hear what uh, the listeners and viewers think about uh, what Microsoft said, whether or not you agree or disagree. Feel free to let us know in the comment section below. But um, was there anything else that you wanted to discuss before we wrap up wrap up uh, today's show? Uh, that's pretty much it for me on my end. Okay, yeah, that's what I thought. So as, as I said, not really too much news this week. Um, a lot of things going on in the background. So, but uh, we do thank you guys. Thank you all for listening. And supporting us, checking out the show this week, whether you listen to it later or live, we appreciate the continued support, whether or not you agree or disagree with some stuff that we said. We also appreciate that support as well. So um, definitely stay tuned for a lot more things, uh, a lot more content that's going to be coming to the site very soon. A couple of reviews for some other upcoming games that uh, I can't really say too much about, but just stay tuned for more content. And, uh, of course, we'll be back next week to discuss more things, including Tokyo Game Show, because I'm very curious to see what goes down uh, that, that entire week. But um, I'm going to pass the mic over to you now, Gary, for uh, shout-outs. Yep. So, um, as usual, big shout-outs to all of our Patreon supporters, M. Collins, Mauricio Aguilar, Hindil, Fergus Mills, Miguel, and Antonio Rogers. We appreciate your continued support. And, uh, you know, we will be um, looking at putting some extra content up on the Patreon, you know, like different discussions that we record behind the scenes and everything. And, you know, it will be exclusive to Patreon supporters, but we'll put up snippets and stuff on, on YouTube every now and then just so you can, you know, people uh, who, who aren't subscribed, you can see what kind of discussions we're having behind the scenes and everything. And, you know, um, and it might, you know. If, if you feel like you want to hear more of it then you can choose to subscribe for as little as one dollar and you'll also have access to all of our giveaways also so um you know uh, big shouts to those who have continued to support us uh we, we really appreciate you guys uh shouts to people who joined us in the chat today you know it was, it was fun as always you know Corey was in there miguel uh we had our resident troll ruthless in there as well um, so you know shouts to all those guys um, and, you know, as always, big shouts to Throwdown Crew and everybody else at the Coalition, including Tatiana, Nash, uh, you know, Dana, uh, JJ, you know, and everyone, uh, Tony, everyone at the site. Um, and, yeah, that's pretty much it for me. Absolutely. Yes. Shout outs to everybody. Uh, thank you all for your continued support. And uh, we'll talk to you all next week.